0: This is Rock Talk with
1: Mitch LaFawn.
0: Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to this very special edition of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Joining me on the phone today is from Guns N' Roses, Dizzy Reed. Now, it is May 9th, 2019, and I'm recording this at about 5 o'clock, and I had Dizzy on the phone from 4.30 to 5, and normally when I do an interview it goes in the pile of interviews and we get a co-host and we do some talk-ups and some wrap-ups and all kinds of stuff and it usually comes out about two or three weeks uh, later but this time I said you know what I'm independent I don't have to wait anymore I don't have a schedule anymore I can put these up whenever I want and so about uh so basically recording this about five minutes later after the interview ended i am just going to do this quick intro i'm going to throw dizzy read on you get about 27 minutes with uh dizzy and this is going to be the episode it's going to be uh hit and run in and out and so uh, i'm going to stop talking and without further ado um recorded about well half an hour ago here is my conversation with the one, the only, and as Steve Brown from Trickster likes to say, the mighty Dizzy Reed. We're speaking with a Guns N' Roses keyboardist, Dizzy Reed. Of course, the last album is Rock and Roll Ain't Easy, and like I was saying before, that is such a fun album, Dizzy. So, so talk to me a little bit about where do we go with the solo album in in, in terms of further promoting it and doing some shows and other stuff, more videos. And start thinking about the next new uh, solo album. Oh, well, you know, I'm gonna keep
1: I'm gonna keep pushing it as long as I can. Um, you know, we're always gonna play those songs in in a live set. I'll probably do some shows on my own, but I'm also you know gonna do some shows with Hookers and Blow playing some of those songs. And um, as far as a a, a new record, um, I'm actually sitting at my computer now looking at waveforms. Um, of guitar parts for a song that I'm working on for my next record.
0: And, and of course, we're talking solo record. We're, we're not going to get the fans all excited on those Guns and Roses boards or, or anything, right? This is this is we're talking solo music.
1: We are talking solo record. Yes, that is correct.
0: Okay, because I think we all know how uh, alternative nation and uh, the the message boards turn little nooks and 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 drips into all kinds of big stories. But okay, um, they do. I
1: didn't know Really, they do that.
0: Oh. It, it's something terrible, yeah. No, I know. So that's why we sort of got to mind our P's and Q's on this one. But okay, um, just quickly, talk to me a little bit about the motivation to have, having made the album. Because, you know, you've been in guns since the early 90s. You've had plenty of opportunity to be, uh, you know, during the off times to get out there and do a, a solo record. You didn't. What was it about sort of 2018 and Golden Robot Records coming to you and saying, okay, it's time. I need, I need to do this.
1: I, I had the, I had those songs recorded um, and uh, ready to mix, and eventually mixed for for a really long time. Um, it was you know it, it it went it was over a period of years that I put that album together, um, and we were looking for a home for it for quite some time. And um, strangely, it was hard to find a label that wanted to put it out. We we did shop it around a little bit. Um, Golden Robot was the first. The first label that kind of said, "Yeah, we we really like this, and we wanna we wanna put it out." Um, and they did a great job down in Australia and New Zealand. And so we we uh, we switched it over to the rest of the world, and they're they're doing a great job for me still.
0: Why do you think it was so difficult to find a home for it? Because if I had a record label, and I could attach sort of the Guns and Roses thing to it, and say, "Hey," dizzy read of guns N' roses i would assume i'm gonna sell a bunch why do you think it was it was difficult to find a home did were the songs just not ready to be presented was it just bad timing is is the industry in such a mess that a rock album like yours just couldn't find a home what, what where what I, was sort of the complication
1: you know the thing about the the record was done it was it was ready to put out i just needed a, a home for it and I, I don't know why people passed on it um i did get a couple times uh we don't know how to market it. And, you know, my answer was, how about to Guns N' Roses fans? <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know. Um, but that's, you know, that's that's the business. You just never know what what people are going if, to, if you don't have the power, they, you have to re- rely on other people's decisions sometimes, and that's what happened with in this case.
0: It really did. So, so uh, I want to ask you one Guns N' Roses question, not about new albums and stuff, but when you originally joined and you went and did the Use Your Illusion tours, what was sort of the understanding was it, Hey, you're just going to come in and do keyboards for a couple of years for this tour and sayonara, or were you, when you first joined, Hey, you're a new member. So get comfortable. It's going to be a bumpy ride.
1: You know, I just, I just wanted to, to contribute as much as I could. Um, my job was initially and still is to, to, you know, play Axel's piano parts, which, uh, um, I enjoy doing. And, um, I, you know, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to uh, be given a shot at adding what else I could to the music. Um, if people didn't want me around, if it was just going to be a temporary thing, I, I wasn't going to go anywhere. That's that was my thing. I was, it's, it, I'm very, very happy w- with the gig and, and very fortunate. And um, so, yeah, uh, I, I was in it for the long haul, and, um, I, you know, so here, I'm still here, I'm still doing it.
0: You're still here, and. I assume that the understanding was, was you're sort of coming into the fold and you'll stick around then. So so there wasn't like a contract that said on December 25th, 1992, you're gone. So you were there, there for the
1: – There was no termination date. Okay, good. Uh,
0: well, it worked out.
1: There's not, <laughs> there's not now. <laughs> so.
0: Now of course uh, we'll talk Golden Robot. Now Golden Robot records for those folks who don't know is out in Australia. They've signed Hookers and Blow, they've signed Dizzy, they've signed uh John Sykes, they've signed uh, I'm trying to think some of the other bands, but but a ton of bands. Talk to me now about this signing with Hookers and Blow. So so what do we see cuz this band has been sort of touring, you know, North America, America primarily for the last what, 15 years or so and you've had members come in and out, and it's sort of been more of Dizzy and Friends rather than a real band. Does it turn into a real band now with Robbie Crane and the other guys? What can we expect from this first Hookers and Blow album? What we, uh,
1: you know, we, yeah, we've been, it's kind of a, whoever's available, you know, come and do it. And Alex and I are kind of the the main guys. Um, it's, It's been our thing. But honestly, if there's some gigs booked and I can't do them, then, you know, I'm cool with them doing it with somebody else, but, um, and, and vice versa. It's just, it's, that's what it is. It's, it's not, we, when we set out to do this, we tried to do everything opposite of what we, we, we had known to do in the music business. We weren't going to write songs. We weren't going to get a record deal. We, we didn't care. And over time, it sort of turned into a viable thing. It's weird how that works sometimes. And I think of just the time was right. Finally to, to put out a record. It's, it's all just cover songs. We didn't write anything. Um, and it's actually turned out really good. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about it.
0: Okay, good. So first of all, so what are some of the covers that you tackled? And the second question to that would be, are they sort of true versions of, you know, whatever, uh, kiss rock and roll all night and you do it like kiss does it, or have you somehow stylized them
1: to the hookers and blow sound? we've definitely stylized them, I guess. I I don't know if I'd use that term. We've sort of just um, made own. We played to our own strengths and without, without sort of sacrificing uh, anything that I think is important to the song um, as it was originally recorded, originally redone. So uh, I like to, you know, take on little details and stuff. So it's, I think we've, we've done a good job of honoring the, the music and, and doing a good representation of, 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 of how we do it.
0: So what are some of the songs you've chosen or is that still a trade secret?
1: You know, I don't want to, I don't want to give that away.
0: Man. All right, can you, can you uh, give me one band you've covered? Like have you covered a kiss song, for
1: example, or have you covered a gun song, for example? We did not cover a gun song. We did not cover a kiss song. I can tell you that. That is shameful. There, there, might be, there might be a Rolling Stones song on there, but it won't be the ones that you think. Ah,
0: interesting. Okay. I, I'm down for that. So we're, we're okay. How can I put this? Cause, uh, I, I know you want to keep some secrets, but I'm going to try anyway. Are we looking at bands that, you know, had their heyday in the seventies and eighties and nineties, or will there be a song from like maybe the last 10 years where you'll go, Oh, he covered that really? Is there something surprising like that?
1: Um, you we're definitely looking at some bands that had their heyday in the seventies, eighties and nineties. And, um, some of them never had a heyday, possibly.
0: Oh, ah, that's great. Maybe, uh, okay, okay, I like that. I'm going to ask you some some a couple of Guns and Roses questions, but uh, Chinese Democracy, I love that album. I think it got uh, a raw deal just because I think the internet decided that it was going to give it a raw deal. But songs like Better and and If the World and There Was a Time and blah, blah, blah. Um, looking back on that album how do you think it holds up and and are you starting to sense that some of the fans now that the tour went on and stuff they're starting to turn and 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 say hey you know what i went to the show and i saw sweet sweet child and i saw welcome and then they played chinese democracy and you know what kind of fit maybe i should go back are are you are you seeing folks sort of turning to chinese democracy now going all right it's pretty
1: good um I kind of get that feeling. Yeah, actually, I do. I, and I think that I, I never really heard anything negative about it. Uh, when it came out, uh, I just, you know, read some some weird, which I, I never read reviews. I don't. But in this case, for some reason, I did. And they were they might have been negative. Um, and it, I just got the feeling that those people that said it actually didn't even really listen to the record for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, but all my you know musician friends and the, they and, and people that Whose opinion I, I trust they you know they loved it they had great things to say about it <clears throat> and i think that it's just yeah it didn't get the push that it probably should have and i do think that now people are probably readdressing it and that's great because i think it i think personally it is a great record and um i i'm very proud to have been a part of that and to, you know so uh yeah i think i think it is
0: it, it, listen i'm i'm gonna say this on record i think this song the actual song chinese Democracy is as good as anything that the band's ever done i have a guns N' roses playlist on my phone and cd is the first song you know it's not nice. buried at track 100 you know it's the first song that's that's how i like it um that's well, a good opening number it's it's a great opening number and even on a playlist it's a great opening number um am i okay to ask a couple of other sort of historical guns and roses questions or are you sort of tentative about answering those
1: um, well, man, go for it. Go okay. Well,
0: we'll go for it. And if you don't answer, we'll get it. Um, but just what was the recording process for that like for you on CD? Because it did stretch out for many years. There were a lot of revisions to the song. Well, okay. The rumors were there were a lot of revisions to the song. I mean, obviously, I wasn't in the room, so I don't know what actually happened. Um, but did the songs turn out, uh, you know what I'm saying, in the sense of? the final product did it meet your expectations were you happy with it or, or or did you think maybe we should have put this out in 2004 and not have done all these different ruminations and and
1: explorations and just sort of record it and get it out um it it, it is what it what it is you know i added what i could to it and um i think that um you know it, it came out when it came out it was you know it was meant to come out at that time i, I don't know but uh um it's, it's still a great record and that's pretty much that's, that's it. I mean you can't look back and go we should have this should have happened. we should have done that and it, it is what it is. It's been out now for a while and uh, you know that, that recording process was was long um, and it, uh, you know, it was uh, it was a learning experience for me for sure. and uh, it, there's a, you know there's a lot of great musicians got to contribute on it and I think it's just a great record.
0: I agree, and uh, so I'll, I'll ask you a couple more, and then maybe we'll go back to, to the, the solo stuff. Um, the tour was phenomenal, not in this lifetime. I saw three shows, as you know, absolutely spectacular. Um, talk to me a little bit, if you can, sort of a post-tour wrap-up. D- did it exceed expectations, or were you like, now nah, you know what, Guns N' Roses with Slash and Duff, it's it's going to sell – like how do you sort of look back on, you know, you know, at the end of a football game, we sort of look at the tape and we go, well, we should have, how do you sort of look at the tour and take stock of it now that it's over?
1: I mean, I had no doubt that it was going to be as as big and as massive as it was. And, um, I think, you know, we eliminated any uncertainty because everybody works really hard. Um, and, uh, you know, we put in the time to put on the best show that we possibly could for everybody. And, uh, When you do that, you know you can't. As long as you're prepared, then you know. If you do everything you can through preparation, then anything else that happens is just going to be an act of God or whatever. You know, we the the fans came out like I knew they would, and uh, it it was yeah. I don't think it it was anything less than I thought it would be.
0: And it was absolutely spectacular. Now you do these three and a half hour shows. I think one of the shows I saw in Ottawa might, might have hit like four hours. Talk to me a little bit about the physicality that it takes on you. Is it is it since you know, sort of easy because you've sort of done that for the last twenty years with with Axel when you've toured, or is it physically demanding on you where you're just like, Hey
1: man, maybe we should just consider doing a ninety minute set and, and just, you know, move <laughs> along. Um, if you ask for a 90 minute set, then it'll be four and a half hours. But, uh, honestly it, uh, it's, it's not that tough for me. Um, you know, I, am sitting down a lot playing the piano. That's, um, but the main thing for me, and I've said this before is I just, I got to hit the toilet before I go on, man. Cause that, that's, I'm not going to be able to, to, to use the toilet for another four hours. So that's the main thing. Um, it's, uh, it, it goes by too, you know, we don't i don't really uh think about it it's a, uh, it's we you know it's, I, a lot of times i think we maybe could have played more songs so we'll see
0: well i won't disagree with that um now of course moving forward with with hookers and blow when does the album actually come out and what is sort of the plan behind it let's say it comes out in september are you on the road in october or is it it'll come out and if you're doing guns while well, too bad, it'll just have to wait. What's sort of the, the term on, on the hookers and blow, I guess, tribute album, right? Is that the proper word uh, for it?
1: I, I think it's just a, just a hookers and blow record. I don't know if it's really a tribute, but, um, I, you know, it's, it, we're, we're currently mixing right now. So, um, we'd like to get it out as soon, you know sooner than later. Um, and we'll do some shows to promote it, but, uh, it's something I think over, over the long term we can have uh, have to, uh, for people to enjoy.
0: On the uh, Rock and Roll Ain't Easy, you had Ricky Warwick, you had Richard Fortas, you had a whole bunch of guests. Who's yep. on the Hookers and Blow album? Like, Is it sort of the guys that we saw on stage uh, earlier this year in Montreal? Or is it a whole bunch of people that have come in? And please say Ricky Warwick's there because he's the greatest vocalist I think I know on the face of the earth.
1: Um, well, you know, just, uh, for, just for the record, I just actually just played on one of Ricky's songs. He's doing a new record. Oh, so.
0: God bless your soul. Yeah. He's doing that record with, um, uh, the guys from Buckcherry, Keith Nelson and, um, Xavier Muriel.
1: Yes. We, uh, I just, that was last week. I they, they gave me a ring and I, I shot, shot over there and played a little keys. And, oh, but the uh, be- funny thing is we, when we track the hookers and blow record, we, uh, we had Johnny Kelly, who's been playing drums um, with us now for a while, um, Alex and myself, and my lovely wife, Nadia, who sings in the band as well. Um, and Robbie couldn't make it to the session because he was with Black Star Writers recording their records. So we had to bring in somebody else to play bass. <laughs> But it was Scott Griffin, and he's alumnus of Hookers and Blow. He was in L.A. Guns for a while, and he did a great job.
0: Well, he was in L.A. Guns this weekend at the M3 Rock Festival. It was I got a that's chance to say hello to him, so that's that's kind of cool to hear. Um, yeah, and it's too bad that that Robbie isn't there. And by the way, uh, as far as your wife is concerned, you know, when I saw the band in Montreal and I saw her on stage, I thought, well, okay, this is going to be interesting. And she bloody well steals the show. I mean, she is absolutely terrific and i mean that from the bottom of my heart i'm not trying just to blow smoke she is fantastic honestly so so much fun to watch and to hear and anyway uh so she's involved
1: in the pressure off me (laughs) it makes me very happy
0: oh it's 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 terrific uh so she is she singing at all on the album
1: she she might be singing on a song yeah we might be singing a couple songs together even two possibly oh
0: did did you do i got you babe is that is that what you're trying to tell us you did a
1: share song um, no, but it might have that sort of sunny and Cher feel. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: that—that's kind of great. Okay, so, um, so th- so there's no sort of plan as to when the album might actually arrive.
1: Um, I don't. We do not have a concrete, de- definite release date, but it's going to be out very soon. Okay, so then let me let me follow
0: up with this. Then uh, you've got these deals with Golden Robot for for Dizzy stuff and for Hookers and Blow stuff. Uh. Do there, are they like multiple album deer, deals where there'll be two, three Dizzy ones and then two, three Hookers and Blow ones? Or are they all, or are they both sort of one-offs where you've delivered these albums and we'll see
1: what happens? Um, That's, you know, uh I think the door's open to do more stuff, let's put it that way.
0: Oh, well, hey, see, I'm loving this. Now, uh I know that we can't, of course, talk about anything GNR, but I, I want to ask you this in a very sort of delicate way. But if the band... If the band were to make a new record, how
1: involved do you think you would be? Um, you know, I you you would know before I do, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but okay. So, uh, all right, this is sort of a cat and mouse thing. I like this, but I mean, obviously, you'd play keyboards if they made a new. But would you be involved in the writing process?
1: Um, I, I've contributed ideas here and there over the years, and um, if those come up then then I would say yes it would be
0: that that is so very exciting okay um do you think you will be back uh, in Montreal at any point whether it's with guns or with uh hookers and blow or dizzy alone or I don't know contributing keys to quiet riot with Alex I mean what what do you right I mean where, where do you sort of self you see yourself going in terms of of touring and coming up to the great white north
1: um if there's touring going on, then you know Montreal is, is a place that we always want to get to. And uh, it's an important place to go play. So um, I think there's a pretty good chance that we'll be up there really soon. I'll be up there soon with with, uh, in, with one lineup or another.
0: Oh, that that is great. I, I'm going to ask you this. Um, I went, no, it wasn't this year. It was last year. Last year when you played in Montreal – um you know we had that the whole thing with the olympic stadium when the band sort of rolled in was there an, a, a nervousness I, I i know you and axel came back and played the metropolis and played the bell center and had sebastian bach opening us up but the lineup with slash and duff hadn't been here in well since uh, when was that 91 or 92 was there a nervousness or or an energy of like hey man we've got something to go prove was the show just another show or was there a special significance to
1: it? I, I think there might have been a little bit of a special significance to it, but I gotta say, you know, the fans up there when uh they've 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 made it known that, you know, they've always wanted us to, to come back and always wanted us to play there. And um that that's the most important thing because that's who it's for and that's why we do it. And we love Montreal. and We love the people of Montreal. And um, as long as you know, as long as I got two legs and can can make music, I, you know, I'm gonna get up there and play for you guys. So that's that's you know, that's how we feel.
0: That that was a great. Yeah, and and it, and it was a it was an epic epic show. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. And and I have to say that show at the Metor- Metropolis. And for fans who are listening who live in another city, it's essentially a 2,200 seater. That was by far my favorite Guns N' Roses show. It was absolutely spectacular. It was hot. It was sweaty. And I think you played for like four hours, something completely nutty, like from 11 o'clock at night to three in the morning. It was, it was insane, but it was yeah. great to see Axel and you in such a small stage and such a small venue. Heavenly, absolutely heavenly. Um, I love
1: doing those club shows. That's this really a treat, you know, for, for everybody involved. I think it's a, um, be great to get back into that but oh wait no i do i play clubs all the time with my band <laughs> okay never mind
0: with <laughs> you do you do you think uh, that as part of a promotional cycle that that gnr might do some i mean you know kiss when they put out the revenge album they went and did that and of course guns did that i guess when was that 2013 2014 those club dates do, do you think as a promotional show you might end up uh, somewhere uh, you know at, at the whiskey a go-go doing a special show like that is that something that that we might see down the road?
1: Oh, Josh, I I don't know. I mean, um it would be special, but I think there's just such a high demand for for tickets, you know. <laughs> I mean, we did play the Troubadour the, the very first show um uh, with, to kick off this this whole thing a couple years ago. So you never know.
0: And and I'm sure that Troubadour show must have scared you cuz Axel breaks his foot and you must have thought, "Oh, really? We just do our first show and now it's over did you have that feeling by that by the way of really now it's over one show in really did, did you get that
1: I, you know i didn't really know that he actually broke it. It, it it's uh until later and um i i gotta hand it to, to Axel, man he's 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 amazing and uh, he's amazing on two legs and he pulled it off with one leg man he, he did it and and um i, I can't say enough about about him and his, his work ethic and how incredibly uh, amazing he is on stage, man. It's you know so yeah.
0: Yeah, he's great. And and I'll and I'll finish on this because I know that we only had a cut twenty minutes. But what's the one GNR song that hasn't made the set list yet that you think? Yeah, we really need to pull that one out and get it
1: in there. Um, you know, I there's a couple maybe like pretty tied up would be fun. Uh, or, like bad obsession, but we need a harp player so. Um, maybe those two, I I really like those songs. I like, you know, what a, uh, they're fun to play for me. Yeah. Bad obsession.
0: Actually, well, as a keyboard player, couldn't you sort of, I don't want to say fake the parts, but couldn't you fill in the parts through the keyboard and, and still make it sound legitimate or, or no, that's the wrong word. Uh, make it sound the, the way it's supposed to sound. Um,
1: you know, I could do whatever. I mean, if someone put me up to the challenge, I'll, I'll figure out a way to do it, but we'll see. All right, yes. there we go. There it, we it, go. There could be a substitute for that part, yes. I, yeah. I, I think it could be, yeah.
0: All right, so we'll have to throw that in there. And, and I I promise you I'll finish on this one. Um, just to, what was it like for you to actually get behind the keyboard and look out the, the first time, the first week, the first month, and just actually see Slash and, and Duff standing there? there? There had to be some kind of pride or some kind of like – yeah, man, that's, that, that's what it's all about. What was it sort of like just seeing the top hat and, 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 and Duff and just go, yeah, man, it's 1991 all over
1: again? Um, well, you know, it just, it, it, felt, it just felt right. It felt right. It felt normal. And it um, felt like we hadn't skipped a beat. And uh, so uh, we're forging on, man. I hope I, I get to see that uh, some more.
0: Well as as we speak today you will see that at least a couple of times because I know you have a few shows booked uh, coming up some festival stuff but uh, D- uh Dizzy always always a pleasure and and I love the hookers and blow stuff the uh, the the shows are phenomenal if fans haven't seen it first of all what the hell's wrong with you and second of all get out there and see it and if you haven't picked up uh, Rock and Roll Ain't Easy, same thing. A, what the hell's wrong with you? And B, do it now and don't stream it. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. It's nice to hold something physical. And it's a yes. great, fun album. Right? I mean, right? physical is the way to go.
1: That's right. It's available on vinyl, too.
0: And and the vinyl is absolutely great. And, of course, Del James, the, 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 the one, the only uh, Del James uh, had a chance to produce that. Alex is on there. Richard is on there. Um, Mike Duka is on there, uh, Frankie Benelli is on there, Frank Ferrer. Is. It's just Chuck Wright. I mean, it, it's it's all of it's all of Quiet Riot with with Dizzy. It's it's fantastic. Um, it's a, everybody. Yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to a second one. I hope it happens soon. And uh, as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. And I and I hope I didn't uh, annoy you with the Guns and Roses questions, but sometimes you just have to, right?
1: Um, ne- never. That's that's you know, that's what I do
0: yeah and you do it well and and uh, and someday someday I'm gonna hopefully get to uh, uh do like an hour and get nothing but guns questions but i I know I know that you can't be revealing stuff and so it's it, it's 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 perfect and uh, and I just want to shout out to golden robot records uh for those people in Australia thank you by the way uh I guess Mike thank you for what mike owns the label thank you Mike for doing this label because uh, the dizzy stuff and his, the his name is mark by the way mark, mark did i say mike yeah, sorry mark I sorry i was looking uh but mark um yeah thank you for doing the label because um this and the john sykes stuff just it's just great news for a rock fan like myself so uh thank you so much and uh dizzy we will see you on the road and uh, merci beaucoup
1: okay well, well thank you mitch yeah always a pleasure right on man cheers Peace. You're listening to Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. Rock Talk.